0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
1: If Derek Carr was a car, what kind of car would he be? Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also listen on your smart speaker. Just ask it. Hey, play ESPN Radio, Triple H, say ESPN, the number if you want to jump in with us. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Diana Rossini was talking about Derek Carr's next destination on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio earlier today. What was the Jets pitch to try to recruit their new quarterback?
2: Hey, Derek come here, be a Jet, you're going to win with us, and you're going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, that, that is
3: how confidence they have in this roster in New York, and they think that Derek Carr can be that good of a fit and, and, and really bring them a championship to New York.
1: Courtney, let's start here. Close your eyes. Can you imagine Derek Carr raising the Lombardi trophy in the green and white of the New York Jets?
3: I've got my eyes closed. Okay. I can see him in green and white. Yes, I see him waving. Uh huh. I don't know who he's waving at, but uh-huh. he's waving at somebody. Sure. There's confetti. Is this like an is this an AFC Championship game? Uh-huh. Um, I, I think I see him right now at the AFC Championship
2: getting Uh, ready to go
3: to the Super Bowl because we know that there's been a changing of the guard in the AFC East. The Patriots are where they are. It's the Bills' division to lose. And the Jets and the Dolphins are are right there, thundering along. I think that the AFC East— With Derek Carr at quarterback, knowing what the Jets were this year, they had the number four defense and their offense was, you know, bottom 25 because of their instability at quarterback. But they have a good offensive line, a great running back in Brees Hall, a young star in Garrett Wilson. You add a couple more pieces. That's a team that's going to be contending for the conference now. I can't see it just yet because Derek, like seeing him win a Lombardi Trophy and hoisting it, so that's why my eye is like I couldn't, you know, I was searching, I was scanning, I couldn't see it. But we still have yet to see Derek Carr win a playoff game, Aaron. So right. I think even my vision that right. was just put out there might be a little premature.
1: Well, well, look, he's been in the league for a long time, and he's played on teams that are the opposite of the Jets, right? Where he's the best thing they have going. Not just a complimentary piece of the puzzle, right? But I think this about him like, he'd be the eighth or ninth best quarterback in the AFC if he went there. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, definitely better. Mahomes, obviously I was about better. I
3: say, where that name can you know, fall to Her- number three? Her-
1: Her- Herbert, definitely better. I think even the likes of just purely from a football standpoint, like, you got to probably say Deshaun Watson is liable sure. to be better. Than Derek Carr is, can you really Lamar win Jackson? the con- yeah, can you win the conference with the ninth best quarterback in the conference? I don't
3: If, if you surround him with enough pieces, this is a defense that's ready to contend right now. Mm-hmm. As we saw from what they did in 2022. Quarterback play is such an unknown for the Jets. So I just don't th- I think that's an incomplete picture to know whether they can win with the I'd probably put him like 7th. Sixth or seventh, I think he's outside of the top five of the AFC's top quarterbacks. And I would have said that whether he was with the Raiders or not. Uh But I think that you can win with him because we know that he's not turnover-prone. He's yep. not like an absolute mess under yeah. pressure. He huh. can win in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You put pieces around him where he's not having to do it all of, all by himself. Does he turn into a completely different quarterback? Like, I, I know this was probably a pitch of, you know, come here and you're the greatest thing since Joe Namath. That's one way to get people to sign a contract with your franchise. Yeah. But I'm not willing to go all in on that yet just because I yeah. think the Jets are still exercising yeah. caution here and saying, hey, we we all right good guys we got him locked up like he, he we he thinks we love him like it's great it'll be great if we go this option we still have to to keep that same energy with Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson if they become available to us
1: yeah D- does he have like Rich Gannon potential like I'm thinking there are veteran quarterbacks who've changed teams like at this stage of their career in their 30s, and they've reached a new height that no one thought was possible because they're finally out of their old situation. Kanti and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Earlier you called it a sweepstakes, and I kind of scoffed at that. This is it. Derek Carr doesn't have a Did
3: I call it a sweepstakes? I thought you- I, like, walked it back and said it's not really because – you know, until Aaron Rodgers gets the green light to like get traded out of Green Bay or he stays there and until we right. know what the plans are with Lamar Jackson, I don't I think sweepstakes has to involve other like another player too to grand drive up
1: the prize. Press. No, I think sweepstakes involves a grand prize, which I would say is like, you know, I don't know, a new house or a million dollars okay. or like the old McDonald's Monopoly game. Sure. You know, the the one that was proven to be corrupt or whatever. That was a Big sweepstakes shock. contest. Okay. You know, the the Derek Carr... What should we call it? It's it's not a sweepstakes. It's something else.
3: Like, uh, we, we were, you know, pl- making a play on his name because I can picture what First Take's going to do when they bring this topic up because they're so good at coming up with really, you know, witty headlines because they have to fit it into those graphics at the top of the screen. Huh. And, like used car salesman used car xyz like he is a, a 2015 <laughs> Toyota Highlander with 35,000 miles on it right now totally. it's 2023 like totally. that's a car that's 8 years old by my estimation that's a car that somebody took care of somebody really made sure they you know Right. Got the oil changed all the time. They didn't drive it all yeah. that much. Yep. So now this car can get you another 90,000 miles, another six, seven years with it. It's not the top of the line. It's not the brand new model. It's not leather seats and heated seats and, you know, the, the backup. Cam- well, no, there's a standard in most cars now. It's got the backup camera. What it doesn't have are the mirrors that fold in. When you park your car and lock it, it doesn't have the mirrors that fold in, but it's got a lot of nice features and it can get you a long way without breaking the bank for a brand new car.
1: Courtney, I think Derek Carr is a used car. I think this is the perfect analogy to sum up who he is. It's definitely a vehicle that is going to get you from A to B, right? If you're a high school kid Oh man, you would no, sign up.
3: Come on, the, man! You're the, equating him to like being a beater, like no, the car no, that doesn't no, 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 have no, like
1: no. no, I'm not a I'm muffler. Not. Like the nicest car in my high school parking lot was Derek Carr. Okay, okay. like it, it, you know, like the, I didn't go to a high school where a lot of kids were driving Mercedes. So I mean, it, in my high school, like if you had the couple years old you know, Toyota or what it like, that was a pretty nice vehicle to have. Sure. but Nobody parades through their neighborhood with the used car that they just bought off a Craigslist. Like, let's be honest. You don't, you don't drive and the neighbors are like, Ooh, ah, I can't believe, you know, like the guy, the kid on the block has the new car. He's a used car. He's, he's been around for a while. He's been kind of reliable, He'll get you to the grocery store. Hell, if you're driving from Chicago to Denver, he'll even probably get you there through the winter. You can lean on him when you need to. But nobody is like walking by you in the parking lot and being like, whoa, look at you. Look at your ride. That's awesome. You know, Mahomes is over here. He's the fancy Ferrari. He's a 20, not even a 2015. It's 2023. That car is eight years old. So now it's, it's Toyota's like a are
3: reliable cars. I had one. Early it's like on. A,
1: to me he's like a twenty twenty Ford escape. Just like it's got the four wheel drive. Okay. He's very solid. He's reliable. You can count on him. The heater works. But there's nothing fancy about him. No bells at and all. whistles. No bells, no sunroof. Ooh. No convertible. But all the safety features that you could want. Side that, airbags that, comes, that yes. comes
3: standard on a vehicle. Correct. I, I would really hope that all vehicles would have standard safety features, even a Jacoby brissette sort of car.
1: No, but this is nicer. This the, the Jacoby Brissett's a few years older. You know, you never know kind of what you're gonna get when you start it in like sub zero sure. weather. The Derek car starts, it functions, but you're not like attracting the opposite sex with a Derek Carr.
3: You're not going zero to 60 in 2.5 no. seconds.
1: Hell no. Hell no. Coming up, was Trayvon Diggs trying to recruit Stefan to the Cowboys? What will the Cowboys have to do to catch the Eagles? We get into all of that after Courtney tells you a little bit about how you could get a nicer car and also how you can learn about Indeed.
3: Thank you, Aaron. Running your own businesses require running a lot more of different places from bookkeeping to client meetings. You run it all by the time you need to hire. You've run out of energy or if with this used car thing. You've probably run out of gas, but luckily with indeed instant match, you immediately receive a short list of quality candidates. Whose resumes on indeed match your job description. The moment you sponsor a job, according to talent nest indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Hiring can finally run smoothly with indeed to learn more, visit indeed.com. All
1: right, well, we're not beyond making up rumors here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. But this one really piqued our interest. Poking around a little bit on the social medias, could the Diggs brothers be trying to team up in Dallas? So, Stefan had this run in a little bit with Josh Allen at the end of the season. He He's known for when things are going well, he's very happy and a good teammate. When things start going a little bit sideways, kind of having a bit of a wandering eye. Courtney, you covered Stephon Diggs in Minnesota, and I guess, explain this. I want to make sure I get this right. Trayvon, his brother, uh, who's one of the best defensive players in the NFL, elite-level cornerback, posted a screenshot of Stephon photoshopped into a Cowboys jersey, and that is leading to speculation that they could be trying to orchestrate him out of Buffalo and to Dallas. Do I have that right?
3: I believe so. I did not see it because he either took the story down or— Or has everybody except his close friends unable to see this? But I have seen the screenshot of it, and I think it's just great off-season photoshopping. We see this all the time. We see cryptic posts, a la Lamar Jackson, and the head exploding, and the messages that he has put on his Instagram with a solid background. Like, you know, there's a lot of this. The NFL is filled with millennials and Gen Zers. This is how we communicate, but... When Stefan Diggs comes into the conversation and we talk about social media, some people will laugh at it and say, oh, it's just some stupid stuff. Like there were signs in 2020 before he was traded from Minnesota to Buffalo. Mm. There were signs that things were not going smoothly. I remember the day that he archived. I don't believe it deleted them. He archived all of his posts of him in Vikings gear. And the, con- the speculation came about he's not happy here. He wants out. While it quieted down and then two days before the free agency period opened officially, he gets traded to Buffalo. So I think when it comes to stuff like this, he is someone who has very much been in the thick of the speculation with Uh social media and that speculation actually proving to be true. And there's a lot... That actually would make sense about this, given how Buffalo finished the season and the team that Trayvon Diggs plays for.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder now the, It they say all the time it's a copycat league, right? We hear that all the time. Think about what the Chiefs did. And some of that is because they have Mahomes and so they have the ultimate whammy card. But they decided to get rid of their top flight, expensive wide receiver, went to Miami and Tyreek Hill had a great year with the Dolphins got them to the playoffs with Skylar Thompson playing quarterback. But the Chiefs still went won the Super Bowl with sort of a veritable appetizer platter of receivers. You know, the mm-hmm. the Miko Hardman and the Marquez valdez Scandling and the Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, the Bills might be thinking about this the same way. They owe Stefan Diggs now a lot of money. Would you rather, as Josh Allen's extension really starts to kick in, and you start to feel it on your salary cap, would you rather try to populate your receiver room with a bunch of sixes and sevens and think you're going to win that way as opposed to having a nine, but then the drop-off to the other guys who are playing that position is precipitous? On the other hand, you know, the Cowboys are desperate for someone to play receiver opposite C.D. Lamb and I wonder, in hindsight, that trade is a good trade for Minnesota, is it not? They drafted Justin, Justin Jefferson. Jefferson,
3: yeah. I mean, they they certainly ran into a little bit of luck there with Philly not taking Jefferson the pick before them, but it could not have played out in a better situation for right. both younger, Buffalo cheaper, and for better.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. At receiver. So ultimately, it was a good deal. Jeff Darlington was on with us earlier. He commented on the idea that Stephon Diggs could be on the move and that in Dallas, there could be a duo of Diggs's. It's really
4: fascinating just because of the way things ended, where we remember that visual of Stephon Diggs getting up and Josh Allen's face and pretty upset about it. But, like, for all the talk that Stephon Diggs had about how Josh Allen is my brother, I love this guy more than anything, like, that'd be a pretty quick turn of events. Based on some some a little bit of struggle at the end of the season, like that would feel a little bit cheap to me. But we all do know that his brother's team badly needs a wide receiver off- opposite Ceedee Lamb. The fit couldn't be better. You can tell this story
1: in different ways, Courtney. Because on the one hand, the Chiefs got rid of Tyreek Hill. And and won the Super Bowl. On the other hand, the Eagles acquired A.J. Brown and went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's any one individual formula. Uh, But knowing the players involved, would you advocate for the Bills thinking about doing this?
3: Well, he does have, I think it's the highest cap hit outside of Josh Allen on the roster for 2023. It's over $20 million. So from a salary cap perspective, maybe you can finagle it to where you would end up for the 2023 season. I mean, he's still guaranteed quite a bit of money. There's no cap savings here. Unless you can somehow structure it with the contract, it kind of feels like a no-go. But... You know, to your point of how they can you know, you just don't let a receiver like that walk out the door, no matter how confident you are in the mm-hmm. rest of that group, which frankly did not show up in the postseason this year. It wasn't the Gabe Davis of 2021 it when was he was catching, you know, four touchdowns against the Kansas yeah. city chiefs. You, you knew when they the signed Cole
1: Beasley, you know, with yes. like a week to go in the regular, that they were desperate to try mm-hmm. to find somebody to step in and play wide receiver. Yeah. So I think it had a little something to do with the downfall of their team this year. Also, I I guess I would say to to Buffalo, like, the team by the end, I think, was just totally emotionally spent, right? After going through the snowstorms, the blizzards, DeMar Hamlin, and the games being moved, and You know, this this horrible situation with the teammate that basically died on the field only to be revived and brought back to life. And then you return the opening kickoff. And it just felt more like than physically exhausted. They were a team that was emotionally exhausted by the time they lost to Cincinnati in that playoff game in Buffalo. And they might be smart to just say, let's run this back. You know, let's see. Maybe we keep Von Miller healthy this time around. And maybe there is some iteration in a parallel universe of the 2022 NFL season where the Bills and not the Chiefs are the Super Bowl champions.
3: Very well could be. And I think they'd be wise to run it back because you have still like, you know, looking at their free agents. Not that many that are of consequence at the moment. Of course, Von Miller's still under contract, and, you know, their defensive, like, you know, their their tackle spot, like the interior of the D-lines where they're going to be trying to hit up teams in free agent, and, you know, outside of that, it's probably Micah Hyde. If they can re-sign him, they will, yeah. but the rest of the roster, like, this is not a time to break up this core. But for the Cowboys, on the other hand, if they could somehow pull this off and get like a legitimate option beside CeeDee Lamb, that changes fortunes in the NFC East.
1: This is some wild stuff we're discussing. If you have a bold prediction for the NFL offseason, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be taking those. So get them ready and maybe start to line up on the phones. Triple say ESPN. Courtney and I will each come up with one, and then we're going to be going to you for bold. Now, how do you define bold, Courtney? Like, you can't say... Uh, Is is Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets? Bold. I don't think that's that bold at this point.
3: Oh, I've got a good one. Just wait. You've got to
1: you've got to be bolder than that. Triple Eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. We know some wild stuff is coming when the league year starts on March fifteenth. Triple Eight say ESPN. But up next, the NCAA tournament selection Sunday, just a couple of weeks away. One of the nation's best teams is in the spotlight today for all of the wrong reasons. We explain on Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. out cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply
4: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple
0: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast.
1: There's some shocking headlines about one of the best college basketball players in the country. Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. And Courtney, let's find out more about what is going on in Tuscaloosa. Mike Rodak covers things for AL.com. Mike, thanks for some time. Can you start by just explaining what we know about one of the best players in the country, Brandon Miller, and how he is involved in this story?
2: Yeah, exactly. So, this was obviously a big headline about a month ago in, in the middle of January when Darius Miles, who was a kind of a little known bench player for Alabama, <clears throat> was arrested for capital murder. Um, you know, the shooting of a 23 year old mother on the Tuscaloosa bar strip. And um, at the time, there was no reportable involvement of, of, of any, any other player at that time. You know, there were certainly rumors and rumblings at the time, uh, but it didn't really come out officially. Uh, to a reportable extent until yesterday when there was a a bond hearing for Miles. And that's when it was explained in court that Brendan Miller uh, was essentially at the scene, as was Jaden Bradley, another Alabama freshman basketball player. And um, essentially the the details of this three-hour hearing boiled down to um, essentially Brendan Miller getting a text from Darius Miles that uh, he needed his gun, uh, Miles's gun that he owned and brandon miller came to the scene in his car and the gun was in the back of his car uh brandon miller didn't touch the gun did it transport the gun personally to either miles or his friend michael davis uh, but apparently michael davis got the gun out of miller's car and that was then used to to fire the shot that killed jamia harris and uh, in fact within the past 15 20 minutes here brandon miller's attorney has actually come out with a statement um, reiterating some of those details in the sense that um, Miller didn't have any knowledge, and this is kind of the attorney's standpoint, the attorney's words, that the gun was going to be used for any illegal activity and that Miller actually never touched the gun himself or wasn't directly handing it over to either one of the, the two people that are charged with murder
3: okay that's where everyone's mind goes right now because you think i whoever delivering a gun to someone who then whether he pulled the trigger or not like murder somebody that would at least on the surface mike make it look like brandon miller was an accessory to murder here and and whether we know that or not i know that there's more court you know hearings that are going to happen here my question is this with these basketball players you would assume that they live on campus right because wouldn't it be a felony on a state institution to possess a firearm unless you are you know of you know military background or a police member
2: that's a good question in terms of alabama state law i don't know if i have enough knowledge to answer that specific to alabama um i know there's an age component to the the law here as well Um, in this particular instance um, I think the what the DA and what Miller's attorney have really stressed is that the gun belonged to Darius Miles, and Darius Miles is of age. Um, this is actually an off-campus area where they were, the bar strip, um, so not particularly on campus, but um, it's, it's, it's a legal gray area. And that's, I think, the biggest problem that when you're kind of listening to the DA yesterday, there's nothing legally they can charge him with, um, because it's not necessarily illegal to give someone a a weapon that they own if you can't prove intent that that weapon was then going to be used to commit a crime, which in this case, I don't think they have any evidence that would show that. So legally, it it doesn't seem like there's any ground that the DA could stand on to file a charge. Obviously, from a judgment standpoint and um, maybe perhaps from a civil standpoint, I'm not sure on that as well. Uh, uh, there, you know, there's certainly questions that will be raised about Brandon Miller's judgment there.
1: From what you know, Mike, from the Alabama Athletic Department, what is Brandon Miller's status, and how do you expect it to evolve as far as his role on the basketball team?
2: So, there's been no known change to his status. They're, um they haven't confirmed, you know, that he's playing or or anything like that, but they haven't put out anything that would suggest otherwise. And um, and their message really, when we spoke to Nate Oates about it yesterday, was that they have known about this since January 15th when it happened. Um, and they've, they've known about Miller's involvement and that he's cooperated with police. So there's really not any new developments from what they know uh, that would change his status. Obviously, from what the public knows and from what we know, a lot has changed because we didn't know this two days ago. Um, but they have known that, and he's played in every single game since. Um, he's not facing charges, and to, to them, that's, that's good enough for him to, to continue playing basketball. So anything, and it doesn't seem like anything is going to change from a legal standpoint. I don't think there's any consideration uh, from law enforcement down here to charge him. So really, it's just if they were to change their mind and, and not allow him to play, I think in their mind, they would be caving to to public backlash, um, which just knowing them, I don't think that's something they want to do either.
3: What's the NCAA and SEC's involvement in all of this right now? Because we know with New Mexico State University, there was a player involved in a murder back in December, and there was a separate incidents of sexual assault and misconduct and a hazing incident that shut that program down. I know that you know this was an incident with one player, but now others are being you know at least like from a public standpoint implicated in all of this. Is there any talk about you know what's going on behind closed doors and potentially for one of the top teams in the country, maybe seeing their season being put on hold?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I tend to doubt uh, that would happen, and I, I honestly doubt that there's any real consideration from the NCAA to, to get into this and. That's simply because that's not typically where they get involved, Um, not player-specific discipline um, in terms of legal issues or, you know, you can say a judgment issue in terms of Brandon Miller. Um, You know, because typically the NCAA is getting involved in academic issues, eligibility issues, pay for play. And then there might be, like you said with New Mexico State, oversight issues in terms of how is a program run by the administrators and by the coaches, but I don't I don't see this rising to that level where there's some investigation on the NCAA's part into how Alabama's handle this. Um it it just doesn't fit the the mold of, of what they typically do. And quite frankly, as an organization, they've gone further and further away from from having that power and, and kind of getting into those sort of disciplinary cases. I mean, the NCAA is Um, a fraction of what it used to be in terms of having the power to to do anything. So I I don't see that. I don't see the SEC getting involved. The SEC doesn't really have a policy in terms of this. There is a sexual assault policy in the SEC in terms of players transferring, but the SEC is not really disciplining players either. So it's really just a school thing. And at this point there's nothing the school has done uh, because again, they just don't feel like there's any legal, Basis to discipline Brandon Miller.
3: Well, you mentioned the oversight issues with the separate incidents with the with the New Mexico State program, and of course, my brain goes to the Nate Oates comments yesterday that. Rang so hollow and insensitive at first when he called it a situation of Brandon Miller being in the wrong place, wrong time. He comes out, more or less recants that statement. But if he, he, you know, the one part he didn't recant is that he said that they knew about this whole situation, that they can't control what players do outside of practice. And there is some validity to that. But is there any sort of culpability that this coaching staff has given the situation that unfolded and, you know, what they knew, but what they didn't come forward with publicly until yesterday?
2: yeah it's an interesting question, and i you know i I think from their standpoint, I think they saw it as they don't have to reveal that at that particular time, and you know there's probably some validity to that thinking um but I think they should have certainly been wise enough to realize that there was going to be a court hearing at some point, and all these details were going to come out at some point so why make another distraction a month down the road as this has happened to them? Then they could have just gotten out of the way because he was asked about it. the very first press conference January 16th. Nate Oates was asked, Were there any other players involved? He didn't say no, he just said, All of our players are traveling to the next game. Um, which again, all of us kind of read that as a yes, but he could have said there were other players involved, they could have been more upfront with it. And Nate Oates generally is honestly like I've I've covered a decent amount of coaches, he's the most honest coach I've ever dealt with. And I think that's sometimes to his detriment um, because he says too much and he doesn't have a great filter. And there's certain times like yesterday where he just says things that are just bafflingly strange. Um, And I don't know if it was I think it came off with a lot of malice or a lot of um, just he wasn't using the right words essentially. And that's a problem he has to deal with. Uh, It's not only this instance. It's happened before. He said a couple weeks ago that He spoke to Ray Lewis um, after the Darius Miles murder, which was just a stupid thing to say. I don't think he realizes sometimes what he's saying and how it's going to be perceived. Um, But in terms of that rising to the level of, you know, this is an oversight issue, I don't know if it rises to that level. It is just one player with a a charge against him. I think if it was multiple, that would be a, a different issue.
1: Mike, appreciate the time and the update and the clarification on a confusing and important story. Thank you.
2: You got it. Thank
1: you. That's Mike Rodak, Alabama reporter for AL.com. I have, Courtney, with you just some other thoughts about what's going on here. Because Bama is one of these teams that could be in the mix for a national championship. Unlike, you talked about New Mexico State. They were not competing for an NCAA title this year. And it kind of makes you wonder where winning factors in when it comes to a story like this. We react to it next. Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Courtney Cronin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
4: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: We're learning more about the potential legal trouble for a top five pick in this coming NBA draft. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speaker, you can say play ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive. Triple H say ESPN is the number if you want to check in with us that's 888-729-3776 and thanks to Mike Rodak for joining us from AL.com to explain a little bit more about what's going on with the Alabama basketball program and with Brandon Miller uh, who is one of the best players in the country and projected to be a top five pick in the draft and a team and a player Courtney that's going to have a major say in what happens in March Madness coming up over the course of the next six weeks one of the things that I don't totally understand about this story is Miller receives a text message from his friend, Darius Miles, who is accused of committing this murder. And the, the text asks him to bring his gun to him. And I just, I'm having trouble getting over the notion that you just do that. Like if my friend, if I'm in college, just paint the picture. My buddy texts me and says, Hey, bring me my wallet I'd be like, oh, okay, like you forgot your wallet at home, you're trying to get into the bar, but you don't have your ID, let me drive it on down, I'll deliver it to you. Someone texts me and says, bring me my gun. Like, I'm probably going to have some follow-up questions?
3: You would think. And I don't buy the excuse of, oh, he's young, he's impressionable, he's over the age of 18, you're an adult, and... There has to be consequence that comes with this. Like, of course, when we hear the story yesterday, like this ha- this incident happened back in January. And yesterday there was a court hearing that brought to light Brandon Miller's involvement with bringing Darius Miles his gun. And that, by his, I mean that was Darius Miles' gun. That was not Brandon Miller's gun. Uh-huh. But your the responsibility and the culpability of transporting a firearm – whether you knew it was going to be used as a murder weapon or not. Right. I don't know legally, like how the court proceedings are going to go here. Like, can they, is there some sort of like ethical moral, moral code? It doesn't
1: sound like, like it. That they but, can,
3: but... that they can like lobby in court and be like, you should have known better for more, so, for better or for worse. You should have known better that someone asked you to bring a gun. You, yeah. you could have stood in the way and stopped a tragedy from happening but you were the reason it happened because you were the reason that gun got to the scene of the crime in the first place. Uh,
1: I understand exactly what you're it doesn't sound like Brandon Miller can be criminally charged, but it does sound like hypothetically in a civil proceeding that Brandon Miller could be brought into a civil case. And that's where his ethical responsibility lies, less that he could spend time in jail and more that he could be held liable in some sort of civil proceeding. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Uh, In the meantime, I I guess there's also this whole, like, should he be allowed to play basketball while this is going on thing that's happening? Because while – just because you can't be charged uh, uh, with a crime in a court – doesn't necessarily mean that you should be allowed the privilege of playing on the Alabama basketball team. And Courtney, whether Alabama wants to admit it or not, whenever they take the floor now moving forward, and especially under the bright lights of the NCAA tournament, this is going to be the only story anybody cares about surrounding their team.
3: Yes, this is the dreaded D word—distraction. This is not a team that, you know, is at the bottom of the SEC, getting ready to like get to the conference tournament and then bow out. They're one of the top seeds right now. When yeah. the NCAA released their top sixteen, te- 16 yeah. seeds last week, it's
1: one of They're the best Alabama team. basketball teams ever.
3: In Like, you know, beyond this, like, I'm just going to put a bow on this. Like, regardless of what happens this season for him, you know how many, you know how this is going to affect his NBA draft stock, right? If he was yeah. supposed to be a one-and-done, how many teams are now going to be like, we're staying away from you because your judgment is dog bleep and uh-huh. you are a liability?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, if you're a good enough player, a- as the facts come out, I think we'll know more. But I don't think we're at the end of the information cycle as it comes to this story. We'll keep an eye on it. Up next... Our bold NFL predictions and yours, too. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888 729 They've got to be bold. And it's next right here. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
0: Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.